Hey guys, welcome back to the BCM and the AM podcast. We are still in our What's Your Story series, and I absolutely love it. I absolutely love it. The What's Your Story series is all about students and their stories and how they got here to UT and what God is doing in their life in the past and what they're doing right now. So I'm Zach, your host, and with me today is Senor Noah Cobble. I can confirm this is Noah. This is Noah. You've heard it here first, folks. It has been confirmed. So Noah, we'll kick this off and we'll start it right. How did you get to UT Go? Well, mm, I think that story begins with just being born here in Knoxville. <laughs> We're going to the beginning. <laughs> yeah. And UT was the place to go mm-hmm. because you're in Knoxville and I bleed orange. That's right. Grandparents. As you're wearing, as you're yeah. wearing a Vols hat yeah. right now. <laughs> Grandparents, uncles, aunts, everybody bleeds orange in my family. Um, so it was basically destiny for me to come here. Now there's a lot more to that, but, you know, there was no other options really. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I think really the story begins... Um, probably freshman year of high school, um, you know, when you first start getting mm-hmm. college letters and you yeah. start having to think about, oh my gosh, I'm going into life like, ah. Um, and I'd grown up in a church in West Park, had a bunch of friends, or called West Park here in Knoxville, um, had a bunch of friends, you know, doing small groups, all of those great things. And then my world was kind of rocked in 10th grade when I moved to Greenville. And that kind of messed up my whole Whoa. plan yeah. to do everything. Um, so work through that. I'm sure we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, but I actually couldn't come straight to UT from Greenville because I lived outside of a 50-mile radius. And mm-hmm. then I would have to live on campus. And ain't nobody got the money for that. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> so um, I actually started out at Pellissippi. For two years, and then got my associate's degree there, and now I'm here at UT um, doing supply chain management in the Haslam College. So, yeah, that's how I got to UT. I love it. I love it. I like how everybody's story is a little bit different. We have people that have been like out of state and they needed a change of scenery, and so like <laughs> UT was the perfect change of scenery for them. And then we've had people that like that grow up here and are just like, this is, I, I mean, I, I'm with you. My family is UT through and through. Mm-hmm. My dad, my uncle, my aunt, they all came here. My granddad was a professor here for a time. And so like, <laughs> <laughs> we are UT people. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm actually going to be the first one to graduate from my family from Ooh. here. Um, but my grandmother worked here in like the 80s, I think. Oh, that's so, cool. Yeah. She always talked about being aware or being aware of... um walking up the hill to Ayers because she worked in Ayers and she was like, just don't even take a class in there. Don't, don't touch that with a 10 foot pole. That's right. That's right. The, the building on the hill is always the highest, uh, highest climb. <laughs> so what has been something that God did to get you here? Because <clears throat> you talked about moving around. You talked about your family bleeding orange and wanting to, to be a, a big part of UT, you know, and, and that being a thing. But what did, you know, a lot of students talk about God did something along the way that kind of ushered them through. Now for you, it may look a little differently because you're from this area to begin with and from a church from here, but I'm curious what's, what's your thoughts? Um, so, no, that's a good question. Um, I think first he had to 
break down my selfish barriers mm. of wanting to go to UT just because, you know, I I wanted to go. It was UT. Um, wanted to be the first in my family to do something like that. Yeah. Um, I always strive to be the best. I'm quite prideful at times. Just gonna be straight up honest. Um, so me too. Yeah. Um, I think the thing that God kind of taught me and kind of showed me to push me here and get me ready was like, Hey, this isn't totally about you. Like, Hmm. yeah, this is great, but this time is also great for your ministry and your, um, you know, it's just a unique time in your life that, um, you shouldn't take for granted. So I think, um, when I moved to Greenville and kind of got just thrown out of my comfort zone, yeah. that really you know, messed me up. It was actually preparing me for this, mm-hmm. um, just the college life in general. So, because I learned how to sit down and work and yeah. you know, do nothing and live with the boring sometimes. Yeah. So, it was just a lot of probably more than like no no miracles of like I didn't have the money or anything like that. It's more of just preparing me emotionally mentally yeah. and spiritually to come to ut because let's be honest it's not a christian college <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination very true very true we are not um the flagship christian college of the south by any <laughs> means <laughs> i love that you, you mentioned your ministry and that kind of prepared you for that so what do you see as, as your your ministry right now um so right now um I've always been a big people person, not like necessarily extroverted, even though I am. I'm not extremely though. Yeah. But more, I look for actual good, deep relationships with people. Yeah. Um, so that's been my ministry. And I think mm. um, that's kind of, in this day, has turned into, I do a lot of work with students. Um, I'm a sixth, seventh, and eighth grade small group leader. At West Park. Bless you. We will pray for you as this episode ends. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I, I also teach. Um, I've been given the blessing, I guess, the ability to teach sometimes. Yeah. Even though I don't think I'm good at it. People tell me I am. So we keep doing it. Hey, that's right. Um, but then my, my ministry is also I try to reach out to people my age so in mm. college group and my friend group and like I said it just comes down to I want deep relationships yeah. and then I'm able to um, you know, point them to Christ because that's yeah. that's the big thing in life is um, being a light and a witness for Christ yeah I totally agree so when did you become a believer like what what was that like what's your what's your testimony if you want to use the language that we all hear in church but like what is what was that moment like? So, I don't have any kind of, you know, crazy, I was this awful person testimony. I always try to, I always, you know, downplay it, but God uses every testimony. Every person's different. Um, That's right. So, I grew up in church. My parents went to church. They're good Christians. My grandparents are Christians on both sides. Um, so, I was just surrounded by church i love god i went to church so i was saved um i think in second or third grade after sparks um if anybody did a wanna out there shout out to my wanna people um so i was saved after that um 
And then, but of course, the story doesn't end there. And looking back, you know, God's not a lot in my life. Um, throughout middle school and into high school, before I moved, I think I was very much just playing the kind of church game yeah. um, that you do. Especially when you grow up in church, it kind of just becomes a thing you do more yeah. than um, a place you go to worship. It just becomes your Sunday and Wednesday activity to keep life spicy, you know, <laughs> keep it mixed up. Keep life spicy. Um, I'm going to use that later. <laughs> go for it. Um, so, you know, I had a bunch of friends. I had a small group. It was fun. Um, but I didn't really seek God or Christ in any of that, mm. like I, I still believe I was a believer then, but I didn't understand what that meant. Yeah. Um. So my whole world was rocked. You know, I've mentioned it a few times, but when I moved to Greenville, my dad got a job up there as a sound engineer at a 150, 200-year-old church wow. up in that city. Um. And it's a small town, totally different than Knoxville, you know, 15,000 people. Everybody knows everybody. I was homeschooled. Everybody went to the flagship public school there. Yeah. That was like basically a private school. It was like ridiculously well funded, and everybody went there. Even if you weren't in the city limits, you just paid yeah. for it. Right, right, right. Um, so as a big relationship person, when I moved there, you know, I went into it with a good attitude and was like, "Hey, this will be great, fun opportunity." Mm-hmm. And then over those like next six to eight months um i just realized this this isn't gonna work Mm. um the people nice i again not trying to diss anybody there but um you know they weren't the most welcoming very cliquish kind of like Mm. they would be friendly but like not your friend so uh, Mm. be friendly but not inviting exactly yeah Like, if you saw them at church, they'd be like, oh, no, you're great. But then they never did anything about that. Never goes past that. Yeah, never goes past that. Um, So, I really struggled with that. Um, You know, through that, kind of felt abandoned and all that. And got to this kind of breaking point um, after a year and a half, two years, I think. Um, Just like, all right, God, use this. Like, you know, I... I kind of buried myself at work. I got a job at Wendy's, so I buried myself at work, kind of pulled away from the youth group there and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, still went to church, of course, but I just, I went in the morning, helped my dad in the sound booth. Yeah. And left. Interacted with, like, two people. Yeah. Um. So finally I was like, all right, this is not sustainable. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I was like, all right, God, if I'm not going to have friends here if i'm not gonna have a relationship here Mm. let me be let me start something here like let me bring that here Mm -hmm. um let me bring be able to be your witness here build those relationships here and let me start a pattern of that and then i think probably not even two weeks later it's kind of amazing this whole process um i got a text message from the ch- new children's minister we had gotten at the church. And she was like, hey, um, we're doing a preteen weekend, mm-hmm. um, Friday and Saturday. You know, kind of like a D-Now, but we didn't call it a D-Now. But, you know, we all know what's happening there. Um, and I was like, sure. 
why not? I ain't got nothing else to do. Yeah. Um, so I took off work, um, did that weekend, and it was just absolutely phenomenal. Um, really one of those, like, I look back in life and I see turning points. I like to talk mm. about people's turning points. And you yeah. like, you know, you got to get God or you, you know, go away for a little bit, go to a dark path. Um, so that was a really good weekend. And I was like, all right, God, this is my ministry here. Um, you know, let me use it. Um, so then that was probably Sunday night. And then this is where it gets cool. And this is, you know, just purely the hand of God. Yeah. Um, that Monday morning, I was with my dad at um, the church there. I was helping him with some stuff after school. And we got a text from the youth pastor slash technical director of a church about a mile and a half, two miles down the road. Yeah. Like, hey, you know, we've got this issue. Can you come figure it out? Yeah. Well, it's like 15 at the time, so I just went with them. Um, got there, and immediately I could tell um, that this place was different. Mm-hmm. Um, that the atmosphere was different. It was... Mm. I won't want to say like a new or hip church, but I could tell they were more, much more emphasizing the relationship of church more than just come to church and hear your pastor, you know, talk Bible for two hours on Sunday yeah. and then do nothing else. Um, and I got to talking to the youth pastor there, of course, and he was like, Hey, come on our Wednesday night program this week. And I was like, yeah, you know, worth a shot, not yeah. doing anything on Wednesday nights. So <laughs> do anything anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Might as well, Go for it. Yeah. So I went um, and had an absolute blast. It was great. Um, the small group I got there um, was phenomenal. I got those relationships that I was talking about I wow. need. Yeah. Um, and God just really used that. Um, and funny thing, uh, that first week I went, it was February the 15th. So you can imagine the topic mm-hmm. for my first small group. It was sex week. So <laughs> nice and awkward, but I love it. we grow together in that. We've been able to laugh about it since. Um, <laughs> it's your first week mm-hmm. at a new church with sex week. Yep. Well, there you go. Yeah. So if you ever need to get to know somebody real quick, just sex week um, that's discussion. The that's, that's the way to do it. Break down those barriers. Uh, short plug, we have a sex week podcast that you can go back and look at. Anyway, <laughs> back to you. <laughs> wow. All right, then. Um, so, yeah, that was that was really cool, um, seeing God in that. Um, I went to that church for, I guess, from end of junior year, so like, or I guess, beginning of the second semester of junior year to when I finally graduated and moved out and came yeah. to Knoxville. Um, still talk to those people. Um, good friends there, good relationships there. Um, and then God um, also helped, you know, I did the small group still. I kind of carried that on afterwards after the um, weekend ended because we did these for the first time at that church. We did small groups just for that weekend. Mm. And I was like, hey, crazy idea what if we did small groups yeah like, <laughs> yeah, yeah um and i was able to you know get to know some of those guys and some other guys at the other church um mm. it was just really cool so then when i was able to move back to knoxville and come back to west park um 
I was immediately able to jump in and start doing youth group there. Hmm. Um, I like to call myself like a quasi intern almost, you know, (laughs) I'm not on staff, but almost we do a lot of things, you know, um, (laughs) me and my buddy, Andy, we do a lot of things there. So, um, but yeah, so God has been able to bless that and use that, but I wouldn't have been able to do any of that without the hard times in Greenville um, because I just really struggled in that. So God uses those times to point us to him. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the big thing I've learned in life hmm. so far. Yeah, I think I think that's a beautiful insight. And especially to have that just as you're a junior, right? Mm-hmm. Just as being a junior in college, just see that like, just because you're having a, a, a painful moment or a painful time, mm-hmm. I mean, at the moment is not necessarily the time to go, what is the meaning in all this? Exactly. You know? But like later down the road, which is not necessarily always comforting at the time. Mm-hmm. But later down the road, you always see that God had a purpose for the pain that you had, you know. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes, it's to catapult you to a place yeah. that you didn't even know you were going to be or do things that you didn't even know you were going to do, you know, from these areas of pain that you had, you know. Mm-hmm. I was just talking on a previous podcast with one of the guys who had shared something um, pretty deep about pain in his life as well and and he had just talked about like and through that god has shown him and he just like laid it out just like you did you know that that like that that when we really are able to step back and evaluate like this like i'm not going to sugarcoat it this sucked like this mm-hmm. yeah. this was awful like yeah you uh, you just said you know i thrive off of good deep intimate relationships with people and I need that in my life. And, he, and you were like, I had to go a season where I could not have that with anybody. I, mm-hmm. I, I, and I needed it. And so when it came to the fact of, okay, well, then you do it. You were like, okay, fine. I'll finally do it. <laughs> and God's like, all right, awesome. Like, And then has now put you in a place that you, know, you are leading 6th, 7th, and 8th graders. And you are basically creating the community and the relationships that you had needed when you were in their shoes mm-hmm. so many years ago, you know, yeah. it, it's, it's kind of cool. This little full circle. Yeah, you know? for sure. And I can't wait to see what that looks like as you move forward from that. Cause you know, we always think this is the thing God prepared me for. And he's like, that's cute. That's the next stage. <laughs> <laughs> and switch. That's right. We still have more to go. So I'll ask you, what do you think is something that God is teaching you right now? I don't know. I think recently, it's been honestly more of the same. Um, hmm. You know, I, I'm also a person that gets complicit in patterns. Okay. And just, I start doing things because I've always done them. Um, and recently I've just been kind of seeing like, hey, you have to engage, like mm. be active. Um, so, you know, I might, you know, I'm complicit in going to church. I go, um, but I might neglect reading the Bible here and there. Um, yeah. And, you know, just to be totally honest, I've been on a spell of where I haven't done it every day. And it's like... Me too. Yeah, you, know, you know, hey, <laughs> let's go. Come on. Um, yeah. So more of the same there. But then also, um, you know, I talk about those relationships that I've always needed. And just, you know, I'm in my third year of doing small groups and things like that. And I've really realized first how inadequate I feel, but then how equipping God is and then how, Mm. you know, 
just to how effective the gospel is to Dude, change. You you just stop right there. Just let that sit for me. <laughs> like, <laughs> man, how inadequate that I feel, but how equipping that God is and seeing the power of the gospel mm-hmm. to change somebody. Oh, all right, we're done. We're going to see you. Again. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> no, that's awesome. You can keep going. You can keep going. That, I just, that was, that was awesome. I needed to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think those are the main things God's teaching me right now. Um, and, you know, just in life right now, some personal issues going through, uh, dealing with tr- stress and um, trusting God in that. Um, so, you know, God is always teaching, um, even if it's not evident right now. Mm. You know, we've talked about looking back. Usually I've been able to look back at moments and be like, oh, there's what God's teaching me. <laughs> yeah. So what is God teaching me right now? I, I told you a little bit, but, you know, Come to me in five years and ask me what God was teaching me in April of 2022. And I'd be like, oh, this, this which exactly I'm totally this. not aware of right now. <laughs> God's just kind of funny like that. I like that. I like that. Sometimes it does take a little bit more of like, I need it to sit on me mm-hmm. before I can really answer that question. I think that's good, dude. And and I, I mean, like I said, I needed to hear that. I think all too often, you know, we find our, ourselves in these places where we're like, how did I get here? I'm so inadequate to be able to do this, but yet, yet God, I mean, yet Mm -hmm. he just keeps showing up and doing things that I just can't fathom. Like, like in my life, I feel like he's calling me to be a speaker from stage, but so you're an extra, you're an introverted extrovert technically, right? Because you're like an extrovert, but you're not like extreme. Exactly. I'm the opposite. I'm an, in, I am an extroverted introvert. So, like, I still get energy, like, if I can just go away, if I can, you know, be by myself for a while. No, yeah, study. I definitely need those by myself times. So, you know, full admittance, you know, I got to call yeah. those mental mental days for right. the group and be like, sorry. I need a, I need a day. Not going to happen. Yeah. Love y'all. Can't deal with your crap right, right. now. But in those things, like, yes, I can, I can talk with people. Yes, I can enjoy people's presence. But... At the end of the day, when I was looking at, okay, where is God going to use me? Where where can I serve in a church? I always thought I'm going to be the guy behind the scenes or I'm going to be, you know, tucked away somewhere and I'm comfortable there mm-hmm. and I'm used to that. I don't need to be on stage. I don't want to be on stage. None of that. Then God put me on stage and I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing. And then words come out and they all make sense. And I'm like, that's not me speaking. Yeah. <laughs> like, I didn't do that. <laughs> yeah. I, I definitely feel the same way. I was always, you know, my dad did, does um, church tech, you know, slides, um, sound, video, anything like that. So I've always been his right-hand man. So I was right, always right. the guy behind the camera. Yes. You know, unseen, working in the shadows, doing the, you know, old people call witchcraft or whatever they think it is when I press the <laughs> buttons on the on the soundboard. Witchcraft, I like that. Um, and then suddenly I find myself first on stage in the band. Yeah. And then, you know, like a month later, I'm teaching for the first time. And I was like, wow. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm not used to this. Oh, man. But I think it, it's people that are around us. And, you know, we we talked a little bit about this in a spiritual gifts episode we did a long time ago. Um, and a lot of it is figuring out what you're gifted in by being in community. And it takes those deep relationships like Mm -hmm. you talked about for people to be able to speak into your life and say like, you know, 
I see this potential gifting on you, whether you realize it or not. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to push you and make you do this and yeah. we're going to see what happens. Yeah. You know? And for sure, I think we need those time that we need those moments and we need those people to be able to do that. And, and I think that that's, that's something really valuable that like, I always enjoy when I got to be in life groups with people or get to be in discipleship groups with people. Uh, whatever is there labeled at whatever church you're C at. Groups. C, C groups. C groups at West Park. Groups, yeah. There you go. Whatever, whatever they are. Um, I always enjoyed that, like that deep relationship you get, the ability to kind of come together over God's word and, and learn a little bit more, uh, not independently of the church, but you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's not a teaching on Sunday morning. It's right. like, let's tuck away and just let's, let's dig into this. It's, together, it's the fellowship. You know? Yeah. Fellowship yeah. is extremely important. It's not just hearing it. It's like you're actually doing the study, like you're doing the things yourself. And I really think that community, that relationship building is so vital. And man, talk about something we've lost over the last two years, you mm-hmm. know, and that we're finally like slowly getting back to, you know, post pandemic world. Right. Well, in some areas, it's not post pandemic. Maybe that's insensitive to say, but. We live in East Tennessee, so right. we've been done with this since a while. So you know, <laughs> yeah, forget about it. <laughs> um, but you know, it, and everybody kind of, I think, realized during that time that those relationships radically change us, mm-hmm. whether we realize it or not, and yeah. that God can operate through those in incredible ways. And so, I'm going to ask. I've got two more questions. One more serious one. And one silly one. Okay. But uh, the serious one is if you could leave people listening to this with one thing, what would it be? I think going off what you said, you know, with the pandemic and everything, we've learned to appreciate the relationships God has given us. Um, so I think one, don't neglect what God has given you, the relationships that you have. Mm. Um, one of the big things I push in my small group is like, you guys are brothers. Like, take care of each other. Mm. Let's be friends. Let's have fun. Let's be idiots together. But also, when it gets real, let's get real together. Yeah. Um. So, don't neglect the relationships that you that you have that God has given you. Um. But also, don't leave God out of them, because mm. it's also very tempting um, to be like, you know. It, it's fun to have friends. So, you know, you get lost in the fun stuff and never talk about God, never bring him into it. And what's the point? It's just, hmm. it's in vain. Um, so I think, I think that's what I would say. Just, just don't neglect the relationships that you have, but also don't forget to include God in them. Hmm. Um, Cause you know, those are things I've struggled with doing. I've struggled with not having relationships and not, taking them um, or taking them for granted. And then I've also struggled with not bringing God into the relationships I have. So it's like, it's, it's that duality there. Um, Cause we're called to, you know, empower each other and be witnesses to, of Christ to each other. Mm. Um, so don't neglect that. Um, do that thing. Be, be a friend. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I, I love, I love that. Like that whole, concept idea because you know we what i love to say to people is that jesus is a foundation breaker that's just Mm -hmm. what he is if he's not the foundation he will be pretty quickly Mm -hmm. 
if you refuse to ever talk about him and then one day you decide that you're going to, he will shatter whatever foundation you tried to mm-hmm. build prior to that. You know, right. <laughs> uh, exactly like what you said, if you neglect talking about it, then what's the point? Because the, the moment that you do, if it goes a way that you don't want it to, then what was the point of all mm-hmm. that time talking about things that just aren't going to last, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that having those relationships that are deeper, like you said about, man, I, I love, and I, I wish I could just bottle that up and keep it like exactly how you said, you know, to your guys that you're, you're leading in life group. Like when it's time to get real, let's be real with one another. Like, I think, I think that should be put on a poster somewhere, like tacked up. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. we don't we don't take that as seriously as we should. I think especially as guys, it's a lot easier to run to humor and to 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 try and find that like escape route than it is to say, No, this is serious. It's time to take it serious and it's time to lead like it's serious. Yeah. You know? Well, I also think in, in culture and society we've kind of shied away from the biblical to call to be close friends with each other. Guys mm-hmm. are kind of like, Oh, if you have a close friend, that's kind of, kind of sus. sus. You know, right. I think that's, that's the modern word for it. That's <laughs> the hip kids use or whatever. It's kind of sus. That's All right. those young kids. <laughs> yes. And it's like, no, having a good relationship with a guy is biblical. Like, yeah. you know, we're called to lift each other up and be accountable to each other. That's right. Um, we were talking about this in college group, actually on um, Sunday, we found a quote, I forget exactly where it is, but um, David tells Jonathan, I love you like I could love no woman. And we are laughing at that, but it's also like, you know, and you know, we'd never say something like that today because that would just be against us. But like, <laughs> yeah, that's in the Bible. Yeah. You know, and, and just take the moment to realize, you know, like, oh, wait, yeah. we're allowed to have these these deep relationships with each other and be serious with each other and be... Um, open with each other um it's not weird there's nothing weird about it it's biblical it's yeah. in the bible you know jesus had 12 really close friends and they were all dudes mm-hmm. be like jesus yeah oh yeah had 12 really close friends all guys had three that were even closer than that mm-hmm. you know what i mean like i i i can't endorse that enough like i've got guys that they know my junk uh, at any given point, they have permission. You know, they can mm-hmm. they can get on my case for whatever they mm-hmm. need, and I think that that makes us so much healthier mm-hmm. for it. You know, and I, and this like I don't think so. This is like a collage and this coalescence. That's been my word lately. Coalesce. Mm-hmm. That's your ten dollar word. Yes, it is. I'm learning that how to use that word in a sentence. Um, Define coalescence. I can't. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, just this like colliding of all these different things about like you know people being worried that they're going to be labeled as homosexual because or sus because mm-hmm. of their ability to relate to relate deeply with another another man and. Mm-hmm. Then you also have this, you know, movement of LGBTQ plus. I know that it's insensitive of me to not know the rest of that, but it, I just don't. And I, right. I apologize for the naivety there. But <laughs> um, with all of that movement taking place, 
it has wreaked havoc on men being able to have relationships with other men. Like it was already an issue, but mm-hmm. now it's like to the 10th power. Right. Mm-hmm. And if you even verge on maybe getting to the point of having a relationship that could be more like, like a brother rather mm-hmm. than just a friend. Um, oftentimes with, with younger kids, they're, called into question if they are Mm -hmm. homosexual or not and it creates this incredible confusion that just does devastation for like years Mm -hmm. i mean we see that play out across college students across grown adults and it's because they they can't seem to get over that initial accusation right that which if you really think of it that way that the devil's the accuser Mm -hmm. like he accuses, even though it can't stick on the believer, he still accuses anyway. And it can still cause damage because even if something's not true about you, if somebody says an accusation toward you, it messes with you. Like mm-hmm. It gets on your nerves. You know, if somebody says you're a liar and you're like, I've never told a lie in my life. How dare you? I'll, I'll kill you right now. <laughs> I'm not going to lie about it. You know, All you right, know like split quickly. it just, it, but it stirs like an mm-hmm. anger in you. Right. And, right. And it stirs this like, extreme vile reaction to be the exact opposite of what you were accused of. And so when intimacy got tied with sexuality, which then got put opposed to brotherly love on two separate sides, you can't be intimate with a brother without it sounding sexual Mm -hmm. because you can't unmarry those concepts in culture now. And so it creates this really difficult thing but at some point we've got to start looking back at the Bible and saying, I know these things are laid out in culture. And at what point are we going to start speaking against what culture says mm-hmm. and not just living the Bible in light of what culture says, mm-hmm. but living in culture in light of what Bible says, you yeah. know, what's that verse? I don't remember the reference for it, but it says be in the world, but not of the world. Exactly. Yeah. You know, so learning how to build like you said those deep relationships with with other other guys and and spurring that on and bringing that forward without it being sexual in nature would be so radical for i mean i i couldn't even begin to explain the effects of how good that would be yeah. you know what i mean it changed the world <laughs> exactly it, it would exactly well Last question has nothing to do with anything at all. If you were going to be a kitchen utensil, what would you be? <laughs> mm, mm, I wonder where he got that one from. <laughs> Ask me. <laughs> I asked Noah what fun question he'd like to ask. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm going to say my answer that I've always said for this one. And I'd be a knife. Um, and after this whole conversation, which was good, I think it's going to make more sense. <laughs> I just like to cut through people's crap and get straight to the point. And be like, that's right. What's your deal? What makes you tick? That's right. You know, what can we work with? Let's go with that. I see that. I see that. Well, good answer. I love that answer. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for tuning in. This has been another great episode of What's Your Story on BCM and the AM. Noah, thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. I really appreciate it. Um, Please like, subscribe, review, do all the things. The more interactions we get, the more people can find this life-giving stuff. We love you guys. See you later. Bye.